Okay, boom. We're rolling. Um, first off with the home gym, mate. You have got an absolute fucking wicked setup. It's not bad. It's um I would say it's an extension of my personality, but it's probably got a bit more colour than, <laughs> than my personality. Uh maybe I've I've just done it to compensate, but um no, it's it's been something that wasn't lost on me early on. Um, I never wanted an excuse not to be able to tick that box. So when I first came into training uh, and looked at a busy workload and there's always those days where it's like, ah, gym shuts at eight. I've literally got half an hour. Do I go home and eat or do I just go in there and try and blast something out while I'm knackered? And I just thought I've got the capability and the resources. I'll build something. And then it's just transitioned when I've moved to this area of the world. Um, I looked for two things and that was a double garage so I could have a gym and a shower in which I could move around in where I didn't feel like I was in a TARDIS with nine other people. So, um, no, it's been something that I wanted to be able to do for a while. And I'm as much as I'm an old fart, it wasn't lost on me that, you know, your personality, your branding, your, the way that it looks is, is a reflection on you. Uh, and I wanted something that just, do you know what, if I'm going to be in here, I want to look around all the little things, the stuff that's written on the walls, um, you know, the posters I've made over time uh, and just feel comfortable. It's mine, my place, my space. Um, trust, you know, trust in the process, but also trust in everything that you've sort of gleaned from the years of doing something that's in here. Um, you know, some of the kit will change, some of the kit will be new, but the the ethic, the mentality behind it is uh, is something that's, evolve from the start but it's it's all it's all personal yeah for sure and like all that stuff on the walls you're gonna look around during those like ad sessions or even sessions you don't even want to fucking warm up right and you'll just look at yeah. it and be like oh, all the blood sweat and tears and years you put into it you're like oh okay cool like i'm gonna i'm gonna stay in the in this in this um in this room and get some shit done you know yeah, there's history to a lot of this, even though this particular place is only, you know, coming up two years old. Um, the the sort of let him out character, you know, that came about through a conversation where I joined a new facility. Um, and I, I honestly felt nervous. I'm in, I'm in the mix for the first time with a huge range of age groups, um, different backgrounds. And I've been so used to training a particular way, you know, in what was formerly known as the meat pit. Um, which kind of gives a little bit of an idea of what the sort of spit and sawdust place it was. Um, but I needed to, I needed to go somewhere else. I needed to, to sort of evolve a little bit. And I just felt I, I didn't want to impose what I was doing because it was very vocal um, onto others. And the owner just took me to the side and he said, that's the reason you've been invited it. He said, you're not imposing. He said, you, you know, it's lead by example. He said, you may have your way and method of doing it. He said, but we want to expose our members to it because what you've done and where you've come from uh, and what you're doing now is, is a good thing to see. You know, it may be different, but different isn't always bad. So, the, you know, the let him out has been with me from the old place uh, and it follows me here. Um, and it's nice to see, I think, I think there's over 100 and, 140 banners that have gone out now. Oh, sort of wow. here, there, everywhere. So, you know, when you see like Maxime Boudreau in Canada, at Thunder Bay, and, you know, he's got to let him out. Uh, sort of eight foot banner leaning over him when he's doing log press and you go to Michael McKeegan in, in Ireland and uh, Northern Ireland and he's you know 
it's it's a nice thing you know it's nice that they like the graphic but it's cool for me because i understand the reason behind it um and even the most recent one you know the the english isn't always the greatest my vernacular is a little bit sort of uh agriculture at times but um yeah the, the latest one is something that means quite a lot and it ended up on a five meter banner which is just simply is that it is that the best you got i just posed myself a question after injury and sat there having a bit of a salt um and yeah that that character takes over again while i'm feeling a little bit sorry for myself and it's just not a reflection of of who i am i feel pissed off i feel upset that i've hurt myself and watched something that I was chasing, you know, I may never press heavy again, but that's it. That was the question that came into my head, the, the voice, the familiar voice. Is that it? Is that all you got? And I thought, right, that fucker is going on the wall because you just start by doing, you know, another rep and that rep is more than what you thought you could do. So you just do two and the two becomes four. Fucking four is no fucking number. So we're eight. Eight may as well be ten. And that's it. You just keep going. And it's, I just had a few sessions because of those things that are written um, you just leave it all. You know, maybe it's not sensibly the best way to train, but cognitively, if that's what you are, um, you know, fairly combative in your sort of training nature and uh, enjoy the pressure of it, then those reminders certainly extract what you truly are. And I like having them in here. And whilst it's comfort, uh, it does come with its own pressure because there is expectation. And I think most people that want to do well have expectation, but pressure is no bad thing. With pressure, you make diamonds. Mm. I think uh, I think everyone needs this stress release, right? It is uh, everyone is stressed. Everyone is is dealing with something mentally, or know someone who's dealing with something mentally, and it, it gets a bit too much, right? And you need a fucking release. And the release in that is going a little bit barbaric and analytic and harnessing those negative ish emotion and and using it in a constructive way right and we fucking lift weights and all that type of shit um and i i relate so heavily to those little sayings that'll go around my head all the time and literally yesterday yesterday or the day before i did not want to train so i wrote on the floor as i'm squatting where i've got to put my feet to literally look down and pick up um put my hands on the barbell is fuck you yeah. So it's literally like, it's not to anyone else. People walk past and be like, oh my no. God, is he being aggressive? No, nah, that's me saying it to me. Like, fuck you. Like, get, get the yeah. shit done sort of thing. Yeah. No, I understand that. I, I've been a great believer in vocabulary within within sport, within business. Um, my background, uh, whilst the array of jobs I had up to a certain age into my early 20s, um, but my background is uh, brand design um, and creation. And you, you were made aware of how potent vocabulary was then, but there were lots of little, there were lots of little things that translated into the sport that I played. You know, there's lots of things that I could understand for uh, extracting the best out of myself and especially coming into to lifting and strength sports all of a sudden, the use of words um malcolm gladwell's got a hell of a book called blink and um you know it picks up a you know on a lot of the the studies that were done with you know your vernacular and the potency of vocabulary but um being able to prime your mind with a kind of an energy to begin with mm. you know 
uh, it's, it, the squat will be a simple projection of the word out. Fuck knows why it goes in purple, but for some reason it always does. Um, no matter how fucking how, how much the, the eyes get bloodshot and you shut, but it's you know, I, I just fucking scream it in, you know internally, sometimes externally as well. But something like that, fuck you, just anything that's a bit primal. Um, but I've always subscribed to that. I've, I believe in it greatly that vocabulary um, and these little primary drivers are great ways to extract a little bit more of the real you out. Uh, and that's where you you know, spoke earlier about, you know, there's a lot of us and, and I've fallen into this trap and, and you know, do from time to time the, the pressure, the, the depression, the fucking mental health issues. Um, but there's so much that we're accountable for. There's so much that we are in control of, or rather should be, uh, and we've we've given it up because we are surrounded by distractions, nonsensical distractions, um, just the pure day to day, fucking monotony, horse shittery that's on TV, and you know this is where he probably sounds really fucking old, but it's amazing. It's amazing <clears throat> that if you just take a minute, even if you live in an area and you've lived in an area for a couple of decades slow shit down go for a fucking walk walk at half the pace you'd normally do i guarantee that you'll come back and say well fucking hell, i didn't even know that I didn't even notice that before you don't yeah. because i think that's exactly what we're trying to do is stop people noticing the little things and it's the little things for us that make the fucking world a difference it makes you happy because if you can notice the little things in something around you then you can notice the the change of subtleties in other people and it means you can get on and you know, and feel kind of validated in the tension that you paid for someone else. And I think there's so much fucking distraction, um, the technological advances that leave the fucking heart and the mind behind because we're not equipped to cope with it. We're not equipped because, you know, even just this part, conversation, not something I've ever fucking struggled with. I will talk the leg off a chair. But, you know, people, you will notice now that conversation is a hard thing to come by because it will be a text message, a tweet, uh, a DM, uh, an email, whereas actually face-to-face -face people struggle, yet behind a keyboard they seem so empowered and passionate. Yet you put them in front of someone eight fucking inches away with something they really care about and you watch them stutter, fumble and fuck over their words because they don't know how to do it. I don't find that something that's palatable because we are we're leaving people behind and we are distracted. And I just think that the ability whilst it may just be weight training or you know strength training or fitness training um is a really good way to let people know where they are in life because it's fair and a lot of fairness has been stripped out because you know behind the behind all the fucking scenes we are put into positions of where there is you know fucking nonsense you know distractions that don't actually help find you know we need people to find their feet and when they found their feet and know where to push off and you've got a platform, find your voice because you may think you have fuck all to talk about or nothing to say. Every person has. Um, but it's this whole process of, again, finding yourself within distraction. Um, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. It's just one of those things I say that you look at and my, I'm going to call it my job because it feels a little bit like a job now. Um, I want to see people do well. I want to see people fucking excel because that whole thing of noticing something for the first time and maybe asking yourself a question that says, why the fuck didn't I see that before? Well, that's because your fucking brain is 
kind of cheating you a little bit because of the stuff it's been fed. But it's no different to this. It's no different to why you train, no different to the reasons why you wrote fuck you on the floor, because there will be something within all this that you'll question what you truly fucking know. And I think one of the greatest examples of that and what hooked me into this, when I first came in, and the reason I came into doing this type of training is, is cricket for me came to an end. Um, I just couldn't bowl fast anymore. I just couldn't, I couldn't lay down a performance which was representative of my passion and my fucking want to win. Um, I could still skip her, but that to me wasn't enough. So went out on a high um, back-to-back cups and leagues and all the rest of the shit that goes along with it. Um, but after that, I lost, I lost my identity. I didn't really know what the fuck I was anymore. So I spent 32 days avoiding the world, disappearing up my own ass and lying to myself um, and went from you know, a fairly fit lad um, made for the sport that he was playing through to a fucking blobfish of a man that uh, went to open the door uh, before heading out to, to Surrey for the night um, and I fucking collapsed. I was 37 years of age. Didn't really know why. I was wet through to the fucking touch. The clothes that I were wearing were soaked. Um, and my wife at the time came through the door as I sat on the edge of the stairs uh, with a fucking, well, fucking lots of tears in the eyes. Um, I said, whatever's the matter? I said, I can't leave. I said, all that time that you've been said, did you go to Tesco's? Did you do this? Did you do that? I said, I lied. I've not left the house for over a month. I've not been able to. Um, and it started really simplistically with, you know, that little thing of go for a coffee, you know, just have it black, get it late, you've got work to do. Uh, and I was lying to myself. So it was identified that I needed something, I needed direction. So immediately um, contacted a friend that was into uh, training. Uh, we know each other from school, so there's a, a good emotional connection there, but also a trust because at that particular time, especially when you've been a skipper and you're seen a certain way and you've already lost your identity as a player, uh, to have your sort of masculinity challenged as well because you're a fucking mess that can't leave the house, uh, when you're viewed a certain way, was hard. Um, opening up to someone else to tell them that I'm in a really fucking bad way, I need assistance, I need help. Um, but true to being a proper friend, 20 minutes later, there's a van on the driveway, literally comes in, fucking throws a pair of shorts at me, put them on, where are we going? We're going to the gym now. Fuck, you ain't got time to think, so it's happening. You know, so I'm out the door for the first time in just over a month. I'm stood in a gym, and people won't be able to see this, but I'm driving my fingernail into my finger. I have no idea why I did it. Uh, it happens every once in a while, um, to, you know, even to this day, uh, and I suppose it was just to connect me to the here and now. And um, If I'm feeling this, then it's a, it's a pain, and I have a form of control, um, which just probably there's a little bit of an understanding for those people that have hurt themselves or harmed themselves when they've psychologically been a little bit damaged. Um, but throughout the training, I'm there. I am bearing myself in it. I'm consciously aware of everyone else around me. Um, but the thing that changed it, changed absolutely everything, is just the final part. I was given the fucking pink dumbbells, of which I have no issue with. I am new to this. I have no pride. I'm not fucking worried about the weight. I just want to complete the task. And he just said, right, it's a 50 repetition arm routine. He said it is designed to get as much fucking volume into the 
the muscle as possible into the bicep. He said, this is going to fucking hurt. Stay the course. There is only one rule. You know, there's four sets. You just don't put them down mid-set. You hang the fuck on, get the job done. Okay, that's a language I understand. That's something I want to work to. So I did it, but through, uh, into the set number three, I'd already gone through pain because I was new to this. I'd, I'd already gone through um, the bit where, like, you've got go-kart hands. <laughs> and just, you're just hanging on for grim death. Um, but this was, all I needed to do is just readjust because I couldn't feel my fucking fingertips anymore. I couldn't actually feel my right hand. And um, I went to readjust it and he did the best thing that I fucking probably needed. I call this the, the kick in the ass in a room full of a hundred cuddles. You know, so normally there'd be people, oh, it's okay, don't worry. No, he was fucking straight on me. No hesitation. He said, look, I'm prepping for something. Do not waste my fucking time. I asked you for one thing and one thing only to try. And he's there. And, you know, out in the real world, and it's not, you know, some blackguard bravado thing, but in the real world, that's something he would not do to me. But in this world, because of what it mattered to him, and I totally got it, respected it and understood it. And do you know what? When I was sat in the car 45 minutes later, lifting my fucking spud arms onto the steering wheel, wondering how the hell I'm going to fucking drive home unless I've got a fucking autopilot. There was a question that went into my head is that, did you lie? No, I didn't. I couldn't do that. I didn't lie to myself. I just couldn't fucking do it. My arms were gone. My grip was gone. Yet I fucking did. I saw that through. I saw it all the way fucking home. So I was left with that little fucking thing in my head and the bit that's driven me ever since. What more can you do? Because if you know categorically that you have been lied to by a part of your own brain or by the conditioning of things where people set expectations on their level, how fucking much have I held myself back? How much do people sit there and bow down to what someone else sets as a fucking limit? And that's it. I've been chasing it ever fucking since because I just can't get beyond that thing. What more can you do? It's crazy, right? Like the, the psychological barriers you put on yourself and like the little handicaps you give yourself and every time you trip yourself up, it's like, oh, no, no, I'm done sort of thing. Like when I see, I say this to to my athletes all the time, right? Because uh, they're like, oh, it hurts. I'm like, yeah, it does, yeah. Like, what did you think? You are going to come here for cuddles? Like this ain't, this ain't a fucking uh, a comedy show, mate. And then you look at those athletes that mentally have put themselves beyond where they can physically go and they start breaking down, like their body just starts disintegrating. And you're just like, holy shit, the mental toughness of these human beings is yeah. out of this world. Yeah, we're, we're very, very resilient and adaptable people. And it's just, we've not allowed ourselves to be that. But I, I implore people to try and extract as much out of that idea and that concept as possible purely for how it will make you feel. Yeah. Because that's the part, you know, as much as my body has hurt over the years, I've never been happier. I've never been more upbeat, focused, driven about not one thing in particular, but just stuff. 
everything yep. that I want to turn myself into, I, it just makes it feel, it just makes it feel more fun because I know that I'm trying. It was no different to playing, it was relatable because it's no different to playing any other sort of team sport in the past. The only, only way that I could ever feel any form of satisfaction was categorically knowing that I did my end. You know, I'd, I'd have to leave in fucking tatters, but I did it. I did everything I could do. Sometimes you could win and it would feel shit. Sometimes you could lose and it wouldn't feel as bad because you were beaten by someone or some team that was, do you know what, they fucking earned it. Yeah. And I could do no more. But you then leave five minutes afterwards, what am I going to correct? I knew there was a fucking screw loose when you did start winning. And it was a case of, a lot of the lads, especially with cricket, because I was late to cricket. Football, I spent my entire life fucking playing. But cricket, I was very late to it and ended up being a captain very quickly. And they found that very odd, especially a group of lads that I first took on who hadn't really won much. We won, uh, in my, we won in my first year as a skipper. We won with 10 straight games, um, which was kind of unheard of at the time. Yeah, we just hit the ground running, mate. We fucking just blitzed everyone. Same, same group of lads bar one, just instilled a freedom in them, instilled faith in them, man-managed them because I wanted them to fucking enjoy it. Mm. You know, and that's the thing. If you, I think if you've got anyone with a tiny modicum of talent and you can free them up to be them, you'll, you'll exploit the best of them. Um, and the lads, when I said, go and enjoy it. Yeah, what are you going to do? And I said, I, I said, I need this minute. And I said, I, I don't get it for very long. And they said, what's that? And I said, I am going to watch you guys walk off the field of play. I said, and it's going to make my fucking heart sing. Even, even actually genuinely now going back to that day, it actually does make me quite emotional because it's lovely watching people that weren't used to winning, winning. And I've always said winning is a fucking habit and it's a good one to get into. Um, I said, what comes after that? I said, no one wants. Um, and it's where I've spoken to uh, some strength athletes and, and guys that have you know, got a couple of mates that have won like Ashes series and stuff like that. And there's a number of us that have got the same thing and it's just a void you you win something and then the fucking hole that you filled it with just mm. suddenly next time around just got bigger mm. and you just chase and chase and I said you don't want to know what comes next and they said what's that I said I said I'm already fucking thinking about next year and I said which one of you fuckers is gonna basically let us down <laughs> because someone will because as much as no one likes to hear it do you know what winning winning something for one person the chances are out of ten winning for them is enough just is. They spent fucking 14 years trying to win something. They've just won it. That might be enough. It's no bad thing. I'm happy for you. you got something I'll never have. But for me and where I want to go and what I want to do, it's never enough. And, it, and I just said, you know, that person would be gone. Because then you lose your purpose, right? Because you have achieved everything that you want to do. And I think males in particular, we can only speak for males, right? Like we have no idea how the, the female mind works internally. Probably, um, probably why I'm divorced. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but at the same time, it's like we, we need a purpose. We need something to be able to a focus on. And we need a process to go through. If you lose that, I you know made, I've had... One word in particular that you just used there, purpose. Purpose for a male is absolutely fucking everything. It's everything. And the amount of times I've have a, I have a conversation with, you know, good mates of mine around and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and, and they don't have a purpose at the moment. Their head's in their ass. 
I've had it in yeah. myself. I don't have a purpose. My head's in the ass. Like after playing yeah. Ruggers, got knocked out because of injury. Oh, what am I going to do now? I was fucked up for like two years. Mentally, I was absolutely out of it. Because it's like, oh, well, I've got no purpose. I've got no like daily grind, that daily task mm -hmm. to get better, you know? And it's funny how you say about um, how your team was in, in cricket because we were exactly the same playing Ruggers. We basically... Mm -hmm would win the majority of our games in the season, but it was never enough. Yeah. Like, yeah, but we played shit, but you scored 50 points. Yeah, but it should have been more because I dropped yeah. the ball. I get a knock on or we, we missed time to pass or some shit. And I think that was, uh, we had a really good coach. He instilled it, that in us from, from a really young age. It was just like, look, you know, winning isn't the goal. The goal is to do everything you can in the game. If you win, you win. Yeah. But if you get beat, it's because they're purely more talented than than the lads in our team, you know. But that fucking purpose and that yeah. process, mate, like without it, I'd I'd be gone. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's noticeable and it's translatable. One look at the mortality rate of males. Um, yeah. Look at the suicide rate of males. Uh, take that mortality rate into the the wild, into nature. Uh, look at pack animals. Uh, where the male has a purpose, look at the longevity of that animal compared to a lone wolf. The lone wolf will die a lot, lot sooner. Um, and you look, you know, my my background really just comes with talking to guys that have come out of international sport or high-level performance sport or paid sport. Um, and the reason I'm friends with them is because we've all experienced similar things. You take away the drive and that purpose and all of a sudden you're left, you're left in a hell of a fucking spot. You know, you know, I'm not going to name names, but we set up WhatsApp groups under the guise of, you know, training or something like that, which were basically fucking suicide watch for people that if they dropped dead tomorrow or were found, you know, would be fucking front page news. So it's never been lost on me. One of the things within cricket, football, I was aware of it, but football comes with a bullshit changing room for a lot of times. Not all the time. There are some absolute belters. Um, but cricket, because of the time that you spend in people's company, you're investing so much more in one another. Um, and because of the time also spent on the field, it's not 90 minutes, not fucking 80 minutes. You know, it's, it's eight to 10 hours or it's five fucking days, you know, and it's the travel that goes along with it. Um, there's much more of a connection. So you do invest in other people and it's just, it's a really fucking hard thing to take when you can see, the fucking almost a life force being drained out of people but there was a spate of watching young lads um struggle to either obtain where they needed to be or just struggled with life in general and i just remember the three suicides three suicides and one um death uh you know named as accident but we kind of knew the crack behind it all within the space of three months now i only knew one of these people by association but because they were young lads and they just felt the weight of everything and they decided that was the way out, I fucking broke. And I vowed I can't fucking go through that again, even from, you know, from my sort of tenuous link to cricket at the time because affinity for me was something where I was still making cricket bats by hand for these guys. And um, it just... The, the voices that came back out when they're talking about it just made no sense because it was just like, oh, this is tragic. It's not just fucking tragic it's preventable we're not understanding what's going on we're not giving people the opportunity to be able to 
talk outwardly without fear. Um, and that's it. So where this whole, it's really why the, the old nickname and it's it, people associated the whole caveman thing with something that I did recently because it's like, you know, he's a hairy fucker um, with the beard and all this sort of stuff. You know, it wasn't caveman was something that was fucking aligned to me a long, long time ago, probably just because I say a bit basic between the ears and sort of fucking idiot that would slide tackle on concrete just to win. But yeah. um, I that thought that times. that I didn't have, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just, I just thought I'd enhance the caricature because yeah. that way it gave my true nature a little bit of self-preservation, kind of counterintuitive when you're trying to expose yourself. But I didn't know what I was walking to. And of course, I got my, I had my own fucking problems. But I just thought that, do you know what? If other people can see what they perceive as this larger than life, you know, fucking shouty, growly, hairy fucker talks openly and honestly about these things as a fucking tear about the things that matter. That's normal. That's fucking normal. If I need to get shit done, I will man the fuck up. And I don't mind using that expression. I will man the fuck up and get on with it. I'll get my job done. I will tick that box. But at the same time, I'm, a, I'm allowed to have a fucking tear. I'm allowed to take a knee. We're not infallible. We're not fucking machines. But in order to be selfless as a human being, I now have to be selfish and preserve myself. And if that means I have to take the moment to fucking speak out or as I say, take a knee, then I'll do it. You know, because that's the only way. It is the only way. I think that's really important why you said, look, you need the ability to fucking get yourself up and have the fight, you know, and what better analogy to use than fucking loading up a barbell and putting it on your back or putting it on the floor and telling yourself to pick it up, you know what I mean? Like the bar gives no fucks about you. But at the same time, you should be able to like, okay, yeah, I'm going to take a knee for a bit. Is that why? Yeah. Because this has wiped me out and I don't know how I'm going to deal with it and it's fucking me up. So I'm just going to take a knee. Find a way. Gonna, yeah. And then get by, get yourself back up. And it is it's scary, right? Because you see two extremes. You see some blokes that are always on the floor and are scared to get back up and are scared to kind of express themselves and it absolutely everything breaks them. And then you see the lads that are just like, Nah, I'm fucking macho, Mr. Macho Macho type bullshit. And um, it's like, no, nah, no, nah, don't talk to me about that, bro. Like, I'm like, are you taking the piss? Like, are you not a, a human being? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You don't feel anything? Okay, cool. Well, I think every every team environment has always had the one, you know, you, you are going to get some gobshites that walk through life, uh, larger than life, and they're just bulletproof. It just happens. There's always that anomaly. But for the most part, um, and I know you're a fairly, fairly young lad, but you've been in changing rooms enough years yeah. to have seen some shouty fucker yeah. that always seems, you know, says the inappropriate thing. But you, everyone understands what that is. Everyone understands that. It was, that's just the braced arm keeping people at a distance until that person that's probably been fucked over or abused or, you know, worked with untrustworthy people in the past that's their control to keep people at arm's distance until they feel safe enough to let him in. Because it's always that shouty, obnoxious fucker is the one that, do you know what? When the guard goes down, they're the nicest human beings on fucking earth. Yeah. They just can't accept that if they showcase themselves for truly who they are, they'll be wiped out and damaged again. It's like we all play different roles, right? Depends on... Um depends on the situation we're in, they see different parts of your personality. 
and um, it, it's quite it's quite funny sitting back and watching people because you see the role change and you see what they're comfortable of showing within that environment. And I think it's, you know, it's about time that that fellas feel like it's okay to show whatever fucking side they want to show to another fella. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most of the time it's like, ah, oh, nah, I'm hard as nails sort of thing. I'm walking around like I'm 10 men. And I'm like, yeah, you might be 10 men, but you're not going to be 10 men 100% of the time. No. Like, and it's, it, this is, this environment that I found myself in, it's why I feel so protective about it. It's why I'm precious, not just of the sport, but of the the people within it. Maybe it's because of the sheer fucking size of these guys Fuck that they yeah. don't. But but you just there is no horse shit. There's no pretentiousness. They are just nice people. You know, I end up training with a guy that I identified with as a fucking. You know, he was his will and his fucking craziness to win was something that I fucking love, but I had a huge amount of um, respect for kind of how about he went about his business. So you do put him on a fucking pedestal. And the first time, you know, I get to meet him, he was just amazingly personable, even though you're going into a training environment. Um, and then I was lucky enough to train with, you know, side by side with him for the best part of two years uh, on the build up to world's nine, you know, 2019. And yeah, Nothing changed from moment one. We were just, well, the second training session after I got the call back to say, look, you made the fucking grade. I want you as a training partner in your come. Mm. There was no, there was no handshake as you met him this time. Hugs all the fucking way. Hugs. Mm. And that's something that I've really, really appreciated within Strongman. And I look back at the, the times in Swindon, at a place called Pro Strength, where um, a guy, Colin Hawkins, Aaron Page, who's sadly no longer with us. Um, Page, Danny yeah. Garcia. Yeah, yeah, my mate. And, New Aaron um, Page. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Big Loz. And we, everyone met each other with a hug. And, you know, regardless, you know, and Ryan England as well, when I think we go down to Gosport and, you know, train at um, Strength Tech and with Loz. And you've got all this, you know, fucking... 100 stone of fucking blokes and the fucking first thing you do is give each other a cuddle because as we all said who doesn't like a cuddle yeah you know nothing fucking wrong with that at all and you know and it's always the thing when you look around that gym or you look around those places we're always the happiest fuckers in there you're at ease you're at ease it's, so it's um it's the church right the gym is the church it allows you to... Uh, to I, do you yeah. know what? I, I genuinely... I, I think it's the catalyst for that. I, I was so in agreement with you probably even up to about two or three years ago. I'm going to say it's the catalyst to that because I think the bit that for me has changed is everything I ever needed is, is, is here. It mm -hmm. really is. It's inside now. Oh, yeah. It's just I needed, I needed something... To, to sort of extract it. So, and I, I do get it because it, it, bizarrely, that was the name of like a facility that I wanted to build when everyone sort of said, are you going to do this? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to call it church. Just church. Where are you going, church? You know, um, fucking big cross made out of barbells and fucking plates and shit um, as you come in, like an altar. But um, no, it's, 
that whole thing that I, I thought I found when I walked through the door of a place that was familiar, I found within me when I broke um, and needed to get back up again, mm. you know, from, from injury. And all those components were, were all part of my, you know, all part of what's there like i love what you said earlier as well in terms of like the whole point of sometimes you pick stuff up the 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 amount of things the analogies are connected to to the gym that are, are useful and and help you realize what the fuck is going on and the the one that i've always loved because is the, the you know the kilo kilo pound is a pound the fairness of it all is the dumbbell rack if you want to know truly where you are in life Go stand next to a dumbbell rack, feel your way through. Because at one particular point, it's going to tell you quite a lot. Now, if you can be honest with yourself and you pick up a dumbbell and that's the one that you can just fucking lift, you go down one, you comfortable with that? You comfortable just lifting the one that you can, you know, you find there? Or are you going to be the dude that goes and tries to fucking pick one up and swings it around saying you can lift it, but you can't do it fucking correctly? Mm. You know, it's, Hello? Uh, do you want me on here? I got my headphones on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just went way through in the background. Hi. Yeah. Um, but um, it's what I loved about that and that and that visual is that how fair that is and how true that, that is, is that that person, no matter who you're talking to, you're going to find yourself somewhere in that dumbbell rack, you know, one kilo all the way through to a fucking hundred kilos of what you can lift. Now, for the person that normally will probably pick up, you know, 40s and 50s, and they're going to be looking at the rest of the fucking rack going, ah, fucking hell, I haven't haven't really done much. And you just, it it gives an indication of what the person's all about. And it's true of a lot of society today in terms of we'll look at how far we got to go and completely disregard everything we fucking achieved up to this point. We'll look at the fucking inch we have to travel rather than the miles we fucking come and be disappointed rather than fucking understanding that what is taken and what you've laid down to obtain and achieve that. Um, and then you get people that cheat themselves, tell you that they can lift that and they can't because they, you know, they just don't want to admit something to themselves. So there is a fairness to that dumbbell rack. There's a, a place to go find yourself. And if you can be accountable for, you know, your actions that have led you to that point, if you can be appreciative of what you've got, but also then understand that I can choose to be anything if i want to reach the end of that fucking rack i can earn that mm-hmm. i can truly fucking earn that but i have to put the fucking yards in i can't lie to myself i can't cheat it i can't fucking shortcut it if i graft if i apply myself i get there Does- and then you just take that fucking whole thing and say right now fucking why can't you do the job why can't you take that fucking you know responsibility of a, a promotion why have you fucking shied away from it why have you said that person can do it and talk yourself out of it because the same rules apply. Know where you're at. Know how far you've already come. Don't look at the fucking inch you've got to travel. Look at the miles you've already fucking done. And if you can do this work so far, why can't you do the fucking rest with the same hard work and application? See, that, that's why the industry we're in and this whole fitness fucking game, right, this journey that we're on is, is beautiful. Because at the end of the day, like, if you don't put the work in, you don't get the results. I can't pop a fucking pill or a skinny tea or a fucking whatever. I can't get on all the gear in the world and then the next thing be the world's strongest man. Like, I still need to go fucking do the work. 
And it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, everyone outside is like, oh, you know, it must be easier, blah, 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 blah. Like, mate, that's like years of commitment. Mm. And in fact, I actually did a post about this morning about consistency. Like consistency is is the one thing that will get you somewhere. Like doing it imperfectly is always better than thinking about doing it perfectly, right? Just fucking do something, keep going, earn your right to lift more weight, earn the right to move the barbell, earn the right to go from the 50 to the 60 kilo dumbbell. Like you have to, you have to put the work yeah. in. Like there is no shortcut. There is up. no way around start up, it. Turn, yeah, start by turning up. Turn up. You know, it's, I, I think it's just a pretty, yeah, it's just a case of your attitude. What do I want to do? How do I want to be fucking seen? What do I expect of myself? What is my minimum fucking standard? That's the accountability aspect. You know, the persistence in turning up. Yo, I failed. What do I do? Do I run from it? No, you persevere. Persistent, aligned to perseverance yields one hell of a fucking result. Could I have done more? Be accountable. Don't blame it on something. Take it on the fucking chin. Did I do everything to the letter? No, I fucking sat on my phone to two o'clock in the morning. Then I was fucking a little bit fucking late getting up. You know, even that could have had a factor. Did I dial it in to the nth degree? I can't say I want something and not have the fucking actions to back it up. Just be then honest. And just say, do you know what I'd quite like? I quite like that 300 kilo deadlift. But it gives you the fucking room to manoeuvre. But do not, for fuck's sakes, lay down that word want and then not live by it. Because that really makes my fucking shit itch. I hate that. When people use the word want and don't understand what that means. The way that I liken the word want is if I hold your head in a bowl of fucking water and wait for the bubbles to come up. And then when you just genuinely think, fuck it, he ain't playing around. I'll let you out and you take your breath of air, that's fucking want. Now you apply the same fucking logic to getting shit done. I want that lift like I want to fucking breathe. Then you'll do it. You will fucking do it. You'll do it in quick time, and you'll come out the other side of it so fucking proud of yourself, so buzzed by what you can fucking do when you actually put the shit down and lay it all out and say, do you know what? I will fucking sacrifice that in order to obtain something I want rather than I'd quite fucking like it. I'll do a bit. Maybe that fucking donut won't hurt. Maybe I can have the fucking late night out. Maybe I should just do a fucking, you know, a couple of more fucking Jaegers at two o'clock in the morning. Fuck it. I'll put that gym session off. That's I would like, but never fucking cheat yourself or the cunts around you when you say the word fucking want. That really bores my piss. See, my mind is when people say they're going to do something and don't do it. So no follow through that. That just winds me up something rotten. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. And then you don't fucking show up. I was like, you don't have the fucking right to make those words and allow them to come out of your mouth. If you're not fucking Especially willing. Especially other people's time to mind it. Waste your own fucking time. Just don't waste mine. Especially in a fucking um, strength environment gym, right? Because everything is do or die. It's not like I can half-ass a workout, get through it. Like, the bar is exactly the same weight as it was four weeks ago. It it doesn't matter how you feel. And it's like, you know, you can sit on a fucking rowing machine or go on a walk or whatever. And you know what? If, it, if it's one of those days and you need to calm down, then calm down. Take your foot off the gas. Get something done. Yeah, take no, the knee. No problem. All right? Yeah. But at the same time, you're going to, oh, yeah, I'm going to come in oh, nah, I'm not going to do that. Don't fucking show up because I can't be around that fucking energy right now. Yeah. It's, it, it, this, this is the bit where I think learning a little bit more about what you're capable of eradicates quite a lot of that. 
Mm. And it's why I like the whole, you know, I feel I've learned a lot about lockdown. I've learned a huge amount about myself. I've watched two people I care about pass away. Um, the latter fucking has, has made me question so much about fairness when I know fairness doesn't exist. Um, but the whole the whole part about being able to finish knowing you've fucking tried. I don't understand. I really, more than ever, I don't understand how you can even, you know, attempt anything without really wanting to have a fucking dig. Don't you, don't you want to fucking know why you're fucking here, what you're capable of laying down? Because there's no, you know, blowjobs and rainbows at the fucking end of all this. It is permanent. It's fucking done. It's dusted. It's dead. That's it. That's all, you know, it's just, that while you have the modicum of control over here and now, don't you want to see what you're actually capable of? Don't you want to ask that fucking question of yourself? You know, what more can I do? Or the other way around, the other bit that I fucking saw in someone uh, recently, and it just made me buzz to fucking hear the words come out of them. And it just made me feel like I wanted to fire the fuck up, you know, with one arm basically working at the time is, I can't be less. I cannot be less. You know, and it's it's just... If, if the motivation and the fucking understanding of where you're at in life comes because you're clinking a bit of iron around, apply it to fucking everything else that you do. The standards that you set, you know, be better. Be fucking better. You know, if you're a miserable fuck like me sometimes and I just, you know, I do want to avoid people, I still open the fucking door. I still stand there and let 18 people walk fucking through knowing that only probably one will say thank you. That's fine by me. That is fine by me. And if someone opens the door for me, I will mind my P's and Q's and I will say thank you very much because be better. Because at least regardless of how you feel about it, there will be someone that notices. For all the negative, there will be someone that notices. And then also in turn, vocalise that part. It's just so you drop a little bit of fucking good back because we are so quick to jump on the negative, so quick to criticise. But the nicest thing that you can do do you know what? If someone does a fucking good job, tell them. Mm. Well done. I go back to, you're in New Zealand at the moment. I, I was talking to a young powerlifter today about this. And the, um, I had a, basically a, a fucking digging job in Western Australia when I was uh, just coming up to, just coming up to 18 years old, trenching in the fucking sand, 42 degrees of fucking heat on a John Henry shovel. And I am, blistering my hands, tearing the fucking skin off just to earn enough money to keep a roof over my head and feed myself. And I'd never been in a position where I finished work and I, I was trying. I really was trying because I was fucking surviving. Um, the, the boss put his arm around my shoulder, invited me for a beer and told me, well done. Meant the fucking world to me, that. Meant the fucking world to me because up to that point, I'd never really heard it. And what did it cost? Nothing. You know, so whilst... I sit here banging the drum for people to fucking be themselves and try and stuff like that. Also recognise the efforts so that the next generation do come through. Do you know what? They fucking want to. They genuinely want to fucking try. They genuinely want to put a fucking shift in because where is the fucking encouragement? Where is the, the want to fucking do it? Because where's the incentive? You know, Chicks getting their ass out on Instagram, dudes fucking around on YouTube, you know, in which we all piss around with stuff like that. But there's fundamentals to be gained. I call it the basics. 
you know, be a good fucking dude. Or rather, the golden rule. Don't be a dick. Oh. It sets fucking life up. Don't be a dick. That's the fucking easiest thing in the world. Just apply that one fucking rule to everything you're going to do. You know, I want to feel like it. Well, don't be a dick about it. Okay, I'll temper it a little bit. You know, it was, it was saving people a lot of bother, but the, the encouragement to do fucking well, spot the good in others. And, you know, as I say, anything that fucking happens, pay it forward. I just, there's so much sort of, as I say, fuck arsery going on. It's on every single one of us to try and extract more out of one another. And then go back to the whole point of why I ended up taking the fucking harder route from probably one of the easiest jobs in the world as a fucking marketing dude sat there with an Apple Mac in a comfy fucking office through to, you know, cold gyms, fucking travel, shit food sometimes when you're on the fucking move, trying to live in a body that's double the size of when I was playing fucking football, um, sweating in the winter. And um, I did it because the potential to see other people fulfil theirs is too fucking important. It's too important. The kickback from that is like nothing else. You know, you go back to Aaron. That and I, I've said this to friends. I'm not entirely sure whether I've said this outwardly or not. So you please bear with me if I fucking if it genuinely ticks a fucking hits a nerve and I have a little bit of a sob. But that hit me the hardest. But is also the greatest understanding of where I was at and what I wanted for people. So everyone saw the relationship that Aaron and I had, I had as like, oh, it's all right, you know, because Affinity is a sponsor and stuff like that. Aaron was my pal. Aaron would drive an hour and 15 minutes from Portsmouth, you know, in weak time traffic to come and fucking spot me if I was going for something fucking heavy. And then, you know, sometimes I'd even stop for food and fuck off back. He'd do it because he knew it mattered. And it would be the same. I really wanted for the lad because... We didn't get off to the best starts when I first met him. He was a bit 11 a reef. If I ran fucking, you know, if I ran quick, he ran quicker. If I fucking jumped high, he jumped higher. And it was just getting, oh, I was getting a bit stuck. And I just asked him outright, fucking hell, have you been to 11 a reef as well? Um, of which I don't think he saw coming from the the old new upstart that has just been invited to go and train with everyone because he's sort of, I'm, I'm doing UKs and, you know, I'm the big shit. And the next time we met off the back of that, again met with a cuddle and we just got on like a fucking house on fire and that lad had my back from the fucking second time I ever met him and we just jailed but he also wore my badge and with that comes responsibility and whilst people say it's just companies just this and just that no affinity to me has been far more affinity to me was my love for anything that I was involved in and I gave my fucking heart and I gave my time to so I watched Aaron compete at Brits after he said what he said the first time round. Um, and by his own standards, he underachieved. And then I watched him prep for another one. And just he, he, made, some, he made some errors. Um, and then going into um, 2019, um, sorry, 2020 Brits, uh, we'd had a chat and I just, I can't remember what time it was. I think it was about November. I hadn't long been in here and I wasn't in the greatest of places. Uh, and I was having to go through like the people that were on the, the sort of sponsorship roster. And I just, 
I just had a hard, hard time with him. Just gave him a fucking earful, as I would normally do. I would never... My friends are probably on the receiving end of the worst tongue lashings because they are my friends, because I want for them. Yeah. And it is, it's not... I, I, and I think because I understand a few bits about them as well, they're never kind, because I'll always seem to... I, I hate myself for doing it, but I seem to have an innate ability to be able to pick something that really fucking hurts you, you know, as way of, like, putting the knife in just to extract the best. But I remember speaking to Aaron ahead of this one and just said, do you know what? I've heard you talk for fucking years. I said, it's about time you fucking delivered. I said, because I just can't sit back each time, hear you, you know, train like fuck, and then all of a sudden something takes you away. You go off the fucking rails, you put in a bullshit performance to make an excuse. And phone went quiet for a bit. Um, So we had a few choice words. It was good because he, he knows where it came from. But what I loved about it is not just his actions and how he performed, but at that particular time, he just went, no, he said, you are right. He said, but I'm happy. Um, oh, I fucking knew that bit was going to fucking hurt. And he was. He was fucking truly happy. He was free. And he, was, he delivered. And he stood in front of a crowd and delivered. And um, it meant the fucking absolute world because the only thing I'd ever wanted for him was to be in a position of where he realised what he set his stall out to achieve. And he was on the fucking cusp of doing it. He had an okay Europe's as well, um, but he got his world's call up and then everything else went the way that it fucking went. Um, And it's then the selfishness that really just kicks in because... I never had the fucking chance to say I was proud of him. He knew, I'm assured from friends uh, and stuff like that, that he knew. But that's also, I suppose, the price you pay when you want you want the best for people. Sometimes it's not going to work out. Sometimes life intervenes and it fucking stings a little bit. Um, but you aren't always going to be the cuddle. Uh, but Aaron, uh, you know, is a, a great example to to me of how much I would want for someone else because I, I was happy to, um, because if, you know, if you ask me, would I, would I go back? Would I temper it knowing the outcome? No, I wouldn't. I would still go through and say the exact same things and I would still suffer the hurt of it because I wanted for him. And that's the bit that I've got out of all this trade more than anything else. I really fucking want for people. And I never thought I could because I was such a selfish cunt growing up. So, you know, in terms of a player, I'll be unselfish. If you're in my position, I'll not fuck out you just to make sure you don't even get a sniff. You know, and that's in training just to just to get, you know, just to get one step ahead. But within this, where there is this understanding of a, a certain, you know, ironic fairness and, um, you know, a reward for your efforts. I love seeing people achieving this. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, slightly tangent. But, um, yeah, I knew that would fucking sting a little bit. Fuck. But yeah, it's a it's a great environment to be in, tremendous environment to be in. Um, and I, that's why I, I think that whole bit now of I'm spending a bit more time with the camera because I f- it's all right seeing someone that you see as a fucking superhero saying, ah, oh, yeah, come in, have a go. Because, you, you know, it divides the fucking room immediately. Whereas if you see some dusty old fuck 
that's having a crack at it, maybe I can have a go. Good, get in the fucking mix, get in the environment, enjoy it, learn a bit about yourself. Yo, uh, and this is where the women come into their own as well, because the one noticeable thing within this, and there's a huge, huge buzz to come out of this, is that the difference between the men and the women for the majority of the part, and you probably get this in terms of the training element as well, blokes come with expectations, self-expectations. They're all fucking a bit bummed that I'm not as strong as I thought I was going to be, and maybe it's, oh, maybe it's this, maybe that, and just fucking pride and ego gets in the way. The beauty about working and training and you know competing alongside women sometimes is that they never think they're fucking you know very rare that you'll get someone that's bullish but majority of the time i'm not sure i can do that and then seeing the fucking elation when they can it's just a fucking thrill to watch someone that is just stood there go i can't do that and they leave that whole thing yes you can and then you can give the question again what more can you really fucking do you know, you're not just, you know, you're not just a 20 something, you know, fucking secretary or you're not just a fucking nurse. You're not just a mum. You know, your potential to be fucking, you know, fucking superhero. You know, and which you've seen, we've got some amazing ambassadors within the female sport in the UK just alone. You know, the likes of Andrea Thompson, the likes of Donna Moore, you know, and then you go through the other white classes as well. You know, this fucking tremendous tremendous women out there and every single one of them probably started with that whole thing i'm not too sure if you can do, even do this they're your ambassadors they're the, the ones that set the tempo for why you love to come into this environment because they raise the question you say, what can i do and there's a good example you know between andrea and donna you've got four world's strongest women titles and fuck knows how many world records yeah you know, normal right? people doing stuff. yeah normal people doing superhuman things all because they bothered themselves to ask the question but first they cross the threshold. I want to have a go. Please, if you're listening and you want to have a go, just do it. Normal but people. Fair means of fact, just get in the fucking mix. Normal people doing superhuman things. That's fucking beautiful. It's true, though. And I think every one of the uh, ladies I've coached are mentally stronger than the lads I've coached. Simply because yeah. you throw some adversity at them, right? They will fucking juggle it and keep going. Yet you throw some adversity at, at a bloke. Some of the time, it's like, ah, oh, um, I'm not like Mr. Macho. I was like, yes, because you've trained for two weeks, and there's people in here that have been lifting for 35 fucking years. Of course, you're not going to be beating yeah. them. Then it's all looking around and comparing and and all that type yeah. of shit. Ego pride. Ego pride. Yeah, the ladies are just like, all right, what's next? Like, oh, um, okay, we're going to do this. A little bit more cognitively adaptable. You know, there's there's always a bit more of a workaround. Mm. Whereas a bloke is, we we are a bit primitive in that sense. It's like, we want to fix something, so we're just a fucking head on. You know, attack, attack, attack. You know, one direction. You know, but again, this is the the, the learning curve for us all. Um, And the whole, the the bit that comes out of all of this as well is that blokes are in a better position now to share. Um, you know, the pub environment, I suppose, was was therapy for, for for a number of it. But I think you throw alcohol in the mix. If your lift was this, all of a sudden it's 10 times as much. The honesty value maybe wasn't aligned to that. Whereas, um, you know, there are certain ways now to use the platforms that are available in social media and stuff like that just to set a bit of a standard. We are all consciously and cognitively aware of the fucking fakery that's involved in a majority of people's lives let alone anything else. So 
whilst we are the viewers and the voyeurs to the, to the few that do it, isn't there a responsibility then on us just to be the ones that set the tempo and the tone for what is fucking real and say, do you know what? Don't have expectations based on what you know to be untrue. Take a look left, take a look to the right, take a look into the man or fucking woman next to you and just go along. Be happy for you, be happy for them, and then set a new fucking tone and tempo. This isn't about, you know, fucking dick measuring contest or who can fucking do this, who can do that. Can you extract the best from yourself? Can you applaud the man or woman next to you for doing exactly that? Not fucking renting some fucking supercar just to look cool for five minutes. Who gives a fuck? Seriously. There's more important and more precious things out there than that. You know, I will feel happier watching someone achieve than someone fucking stood there, you know, putting together some fucking TikTok. Maybe I am too old for it, but that side of things, they can get the fuck out. Well, I, I, to be honest, like, I have no idea about TikTok. I can't understand that shit. <laughs> um, and I'm not I'm not asked about it either. I'm not going to put in the time and dedicate it to to understand it. I'm like, nah, I'm, if you need me, I'll be in gym. You know where I'll yeah. be? I'll be lifting the barbell, same shit as I was doing yesterday. And, you know, if you need me, come there. But it's all about, um, I'm not a- like, sharing, not comparing, right? Like, share yeah. what is going on, your experiences, et cetera, et cetera. But don't fucking turn around and be like, ah, well, he's a dickhead because he's got me on that one. I'm like, hold on a minute. like. I find it weird to, to look at the whole social media thing. If people could, like, it's odd to to chat to people that even you know six seven years ago um I, i'd use a bit of twitter i'd be on facebook purely because of connections to lads that i'd known in other countries and it was an easy way to stay in contact with you know with people you'd shared sport or or time with um and then i look now and you know a lot of what i do does revolve around instagram um it didn't start off as anything more than a digital diary for myself. So I had something to, I again, my foundation, where did I start from? So I had something to look back on and just say, right, okay, I've improved from there. That's how I you know, started. This is how I, and you are, you're proud of those initial efforts because you see obviously the, the, um, the magnitude of change uh, quite quickly, you know, six months, solid fucking graft in this environment is life-changing you know and physically changing cognitively changing um six years is a fucking boring diary for anyone other than yourself but it wasn't until you know my exposure to instagram and then getting a message back from someone just saying oh thanks for that and you think what thanks for fucking what i've just trained and i've sat in my car and had a fucking rant about something and someone's come back and just said oh yeah but you sort of you've outwardly articulated exactly how i feel Uh, okay great yeah, you know, two thumbs up, but it's like, what the fuck? And then as this has gone gone on, um, you know, those connections to 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 people have grown, um, as has, you know, everything sort of aligned to this. And then you look through the list of people that you are connected to, whether it be, you know, the current world's strongest man, a former world's strongest man, you know, through to say guys that have played premiership football, race drivers, um, fucking ashes winners and, and stuff like that. And you think actually do you know what my my mentality, my way of looking at things isn't lost on many fucking people of that ilk. Mm-hmm. Um and they're like, okay, there's a bit of a place. And then there's a responsibility as well because you do have people that 
are probably where I was when I started six years ago. And where I was six years ago was not in a fucking great place. And so that's, I think, the bit that I've had to adapt to and understand and where I now place value in a social media platform because it, to be honest, sometimes does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable because you have to either relive or you find it awkward to sort of see yourself in the light maybe that someone else has sort of shined upon you. But again, it goes with responsibility. If they've, you're just paying shit forward. I got out of this hole by this. You know, majority of it, I crawled like fuck and I gained it my own way. But I was afforded a lot of time, especially recently, you know, more so afforded a lot of time, a lot of energy from other people, a lot of advice, a lot of care, a lot of attention. Uh, and I pay that forward. So that's probably where as much as certain parts of social media get on my tits, um, there is some good to come of it. And I think, again, it's that whole thing of lead by example. How would you want people to do it? Well, I'm not entirely sure this is the right or the wrong way, but it feels good and it yields a better result than maybe me stood there, you know, with my arse out fucking showering over a car. I don't think anyone wants to see that anyway. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe be someone on some weird OnlyFans. It's a fucking, I'll tell you what, that would be the most niche tab on Pornhub ever. Yeah, but, you know, it's a gap in the market, lad. <laughs> <laughs> the gap between the poor fucker's ears that have uh, decided he wants to see that. But um, yeah, if you're in, if you're having your dinner, I do apologise. <laughs> well, how do you know it's only going to be a bloke? Could could be a lady. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to get into the realms of that because I don't want to term anyone anymore, just for the fear, just for the absolute fear of it. But um, yeah, whoever you are, you know, have a great day. <laughs> yeah yeah don't go googling quickly anything yeah quickly move on <laughs> mate uh, I really I really really appreciate your time man pleasure uh, thank you very much for for asking to uh, chat to what is basically a redundant decrepit old man <laughs> it's honestly a fucking breath of fresh air having a real conversation and it's like no holes barred just fucking say how it is, call a spade a spade type shit. I don't know if it's the the nature of of the types of blokes we are from from back home, or if it's molded by the barbell, or if it's just like minded people in the world. But it's just really fucking breath of, breath of fresh air to have a real conversation and be like, yeah, take a knee sometimes, stand up and get the fuck up and don't don't take your bullshit. Yeah, it's um, no, as I say, I, I do appreciate it because, um, you know, I do sit there with my little musings and my little rants and stuff like that. And it's just, I, I, I think I, I certainly know I've earned the position to have a, the feeling of freedom that I do now. Mm. Um, it has come at some cost to get here. Um, and if it just means that a few of the batterings that I've taken along the way, uh, I can teach people to sidestep uh, and and see one less person you know in the firing line uh, then I know that I've done my bit uh, and I've done my job and it makes me sleep a little bit fucking sounder at night so uh, yeah being afforded another platform to to chat and as I say I will talk the leg off a fucking chair it's all I got left um, I'm happy to do so but thank you very much for inviting me on I appreciate it brother and you're um, if you're ever down this end of the of the world then Smack me a message. There is there is a 
huge chance because actually one of my uh, one of my boys, Sean Logan, has moved to um, to New Zealand. So oh. uh, there's a lad that you can go and have a chat with, Sean, former uh, U- uh, England's strongest man, uh, and I think he's competed in two weeks in uh, New Zealand's strongest man. Just watched him pull a very very smooth 420 kilos. So he is looking he's looking good. He's looking a big strong boy. He is ginger, so he's fucked in that sunlight. But oh. um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm... I noticed you tint. I, I noticed you tinted the fucking lights down. <laughs> I'm a, I might be blonde, but I got ginger skin. You know what I mean? I just cannot yeah. see the sun. I just crisp. It's it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. No. No one's ever. No one's ever going to escape that. And I, that's that's what I love about anyone that's been in the changing room. You know it's coming. <laughs> this is why this is why you never fucking this is why every any time that you get sort of see one of your mates that's getting married that's ginger i i, I hate weddings but i'd always go along to the ginger one because i want to see him stood at the back with his black suit on ginger hair stood there like a duracell battery <laughs> <laughs> and on that note i shall love you and leave you <laughs> all right mate you have a you have a cracking afternoon or evening cheers man take care all right mate take it easy Thanks, buddy. Goodbye.